0: It's funny, I'm talking about spheres. I don't even want to go into that, but I keep thinking about that thing in in Charlotte's kindergarten virtual class where the teacher was asking what shape an egg is. Oh, yeah. But
1: they were talking about 3D shapes. They
0: were talking about 3D shapes because I'm sitting there going, it's an oval. Right. It's an oval, and all the other kids are, are saying like one of them said is it a sphere and I'm like yeah. okay that's a fair guess cuz I don't know what an oval 3d shape is it's an egg like that's what the shape is yeah. and it's killing me this is a senior kindergarten class and the teachers like no no what shape is an egg what shape is an egg and no one knew and she never actually gave us the answer so I'm maybe un- it was un- just her way, way okay good cuz I really oval three. it's an oval shape name. what is an oval 3d shape name all right let's get this party started it's level up and we just both smelled an orange for energy that's a new thing
1: i feel like that is actually not a thing it smells good nice well that's why i said it's a new thing
0: it smells like christmas (laughs) i thought christmas smells like gingerbread
1: No, Christmas smells like these oranges.
0: That's true. We had that scratch and sniff book and one of the pages had orange. It's
1: true. That's
0: not cool that Christmas gets to take orange as one of their (laughs) smells. You're
1: just jealous. Of
0: course I'm jealous. What smell do I have? Candles. Candles. (laughs) Wax. Unscented wax. It's basically the same thing. Smoke. Matzo ball soup. No. Sure. Smoke.
1: Well, from like... Blowing out candles. Oh, Oh, no, but you don't blow them out. So, no, it's not a birthday. That's
0: like sacrilege. (laughs) It is. My God, we've lived together this long and we still can't get to the holidays. Anyway, it is January. We're through Christmas and Hanukkah. And, oh, I almost threw the in there. Hanukkah. Well done. Um, And today, there's no segue to what we're talking to, speaking about the smell of an orange (laughs) and the holidays. But we've got our energy going because we are talking about social media and some ways that you can use it to better and further your business in real estate.
1: That's right. So we're going to talk about a few different ways that you can use it that's worked well for us and for other people on our team. Um, the first one we want to touch upon is just using social media for your uh, like current relationships, your warm leads, the connections that you have on social media right now. Right now, right now,
0: well, and if you don't, yeah people your like sphere your friends. we always talk about your sphere of influence, but this yeah. is really the people that you'd normally have in your social circle, your social media circle now, which is a little larger than probably what your social circle is, yeah, all those names on your friend list and all your followers, all your whatever other yeah. terms they have in well, the other whatever platforms. yeah,
1: whatever pl- platform you're you're f- focusing on. But I think, number one, I think we tend to focus more so on what we are posting, what content we're putting out there, which is important. It's good to be consistent. It's good to keep reminding people that you're in the business, that you're in the community, whatever. Um, But I don't think people focus enough on the outreach and the building of relationships with the followers that you currently have.
0: I agree. This is this is the first time in a long time we've recorded this staring at each other. We're using an ironing board as a table right now. We
1: are so high tech.
0: We're so high tech. Um, mm-hmm. But this is strange because if you've listened to past podcasts, we normally sit next to each other and stare off into the distance while the other one is talking. <laughs> and now I'm looking into your soul while you're talking. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not that I forgot what you said, but... That's good. I had to segue. We have to paint a picture for people because we're not doing these on video anymore. It's true. So just picture two people hiding from their children, sitting across each other with an ironing board as a table.
1: And an orange peel on the ironing board that we smell from time to time.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hit that. I'm going to hit that hard. Give me some orange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it smells delicious. Okay, let's
1: get back to the topic. So we, we were hands. talking
0: about the people who are in your network And how you can leverage them. And you know what? It's
1: not even leverage. Pull it back. Yeah,
0: not leverage. Back her up. We talk a lot about why and how you use social media. And I think if we are going to really back it up, you need to audit the way you look at social media right now. Whatever platforms you're on most often, if in fact you are on Facebook a lot or Instagram. What is it that you're doing when you're on there? What is the first thing you think about when you want to post something, whether it's personally, whether it's for your business? Um, because you need to understand the the approach you've taken to social media because the way you've been using it is the way people have been seeing you mm-hmm. up until this point. And that's not good or bad, but it has created a personality for you on social media, especially over the last year where chances yeah. are you haven't seen anybody in person.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So take a look at what you've been doing because it's really important to start to establish some purpose and deliberateness behind the things you put out there Mm -hmm. if you're going to be using social media to push your business and to support growth for yourself.
1: Well, and I think we always push and talk a lot about the value that you're giving to your followers and the people that are consuming your content. And If you really look at what you're posting real estate wise, I think a lot of us would probably admit that it's a lot of just sold, just listed, that kind of stuff, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But is that really valuable to the people that are following you?
0: I think that becomes a sprinkling that needs to be there Mm
1: -hmm. that,
0: you know, it's good to let people know that you're active. It's good to show people what you do. I definitely
1: agree that it's important to show people you're active. Yes. Yeah.
0: But from a value add, it's not adding anything other than a reaffirmation of what you do for a living and that Mm -hmm. you're active. Right. And that you're doing things. So there is value in having that, but not in the way that people are going to consume it to yes. any level. Or share it or, or share like it. it.
1: Like we talk about algorithms all the time and they're, they're constantly changing. But if you want your post to get a lot of engagement, you've got to create something that's shareable, that's likable, that people are going to comment on. And most people are not going to comment on a just sold post. Maybe some people will say just congrats, um, but otherwise it's pretty much going to fall flat and not really be ranked that high in the algorithms. So Think about the things that maybe your sphere of influence is wondering about in real estate. You're probably bombarded with lots of questions all the time. And figuring out a creative way to answer one of those questions could be a really engaging post for you.
0: Yeah, and it's not just the age-old question, although it can be. Everyone knows the most common question from people you know is, how's the market, Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people, and it's fine to go to a market update, market report. Um, If you are doing something like that, and we'll get to some other ideas that are a little bit more creative in a second, but if you are doing something like that, by all means, it does create value. It does answer that question, but it's likely you're going to be more so in a sea of other people with similar type market reports. That's the kind of content you see from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So try to be a little bit more cutting edge or creative with the way you relay that sort of thing so that people will actually stop and mm-hmm. consume it however you've delivered it. Yeah. So for example, using video is huge um, when it comes to people and them interacting with social and media getting to
1: know you as well. is important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So there's, there's that. Um, I think also it's important not to get overwhelmed with putting out a post a day or a few posts a day, because it's next, if you really think about it, it's next to impossible to really create great content that you're sharing daily. I mean, it's a little bit, I think, overwhelming. If,
0: well, value add, quote unquote, content is, is, it's going to become your life. And that's not yeah. what the point of this is, no, right? We no. talk about, and I'm sure we've talked in other sessions about, you know, creating a calendar for yourself and having yeah. a bit of a schedule at whatever interval is comfortable for you. It doesn't have to be daily. Mm-hmm. But if it is, that doesn't mean every day your posts are here's another resource you can download or here's Mm -hmm. another video of me. It might be something as simple as a picture of the neighborhood or you doing something... Whatever it is, like creating more of a profile for yourself because part of social media is humanizing yourself as well. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with your sphere of influence and the people who currently follow you.
1: For sure. Yeah.
0: If they're friends, if they're family, colleagues, ex-clients, it's really important to humanize yourself because that's how they know you. That's how they've met you. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to become this real estate robot that every time they see a post from you, it's, it's something thing. about home prices. Yeah. Yeah. Or you selling a house?
1: Yeah. So, okay. So you've got the content. So I think, number one, try to think of stuff that's going to be valuable, value add for the people that are consuming it so that they can share it and like it and comment on it and get value from it. Um, And number two, don't obsess too much about it. Put it out however it makes sense for you and plan it out. Because if you know you're going to put out like a couple of pieces a month of really good content and then some supporting pieces – um, around that, then that's that's a really good plan. But have a plan. That's important.
0: Yes. And so that is not even, I don't think, we could say it's half, but it's not even half of the important stuff when it comes to your own sphere of influence. Right, exactly. You were looking at me like you thought I was going to shift gears. but I know, no, I'm, I was going to be like, hold no, up. No, 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 no. This train is staying on the track. Give me an orange sniff.
1: <sighs>
0: oh, yeah. So- We're talking about you speaking at people. We're talking about, or that's what we have been talking about to this point, is the content you're putting out there. But when these are people you know, you're able to work on them so much more by looking at what they're doing Mm -hmm. and consuming the content they're putting out there. And there is a really good trick on how you can start to do that. Mm-hmm. and Katie's about to drop that knowledge bomb on you.
1: <laughs> well, it's on Facebook. Unfortunately, Instagram does not offer it, but on Facebook, you do have the option of creating friends lists, which is really valuable because you can create lists from past clients, current clients, potential clients, anybody that you want to be interacting with on a daily basis. And if you put all of those people in those specific lists and make it one of your strategies, whether it's every morning or however often you're checking in on those lists and going through and seeing what everybody's up to, it really makes it a lot easier to just make sure that you're keeping tabs on the people that matter most to you.
0: Right. So you've got your lists of people. Let's say every morning you go through there Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you look at what they're doing. The idea here, when you say keeping tabs on people, it's making note of what's happening in their lives, both privately to yourself, taking notes or however you might keep your CRM or -hmm. keep your notes on people. But also it gives you the opportunity to interact with their content and to get them knowing that you're acknowledging what they're doing. Yeah. Because that's as or more important than you telling everybody else what you're doing. Not just because it's important to care, but if we're talking on a technical level from this whole algorithm thing as well, Mm -hmm. the more you interact with people, chances are they'll interact back with you and that helps keep your relevance in what they're seeing on social media that much higher
1: exactly so you know most people if you're not in real estate (laughs) don't post as often and they're likely posting more about life events and big announcements and Mm -hmm. all of that eventually relates back to real estate you know if they're getting married if they're having a baby um, you know, maybe some more negative things, maybe somebody's broken up, they might not post it on social media, but some people do. Um, all of those things, obviously you're not gonna reach out to them and be like, Oh my gosh, congrats on the baby. Now you need a bigger house. Yeah. But oh sorry, your husband dumped you. So yeah. downsizing. Yeah, exactly. So Harry, when are you moving out? So, but you know, just having the conversations and I'm not I don't wanna make this seem like it's like this sleazy move that you do because obviously interact with people because you're actually interested in what they're up to, not just because you want to get business from them. And so, and people will see right through that. If you're you're just looking to get the business and you're not being genuine in what you're saying and, and how you're interacting, it's going to be obvious. So, you know, pick and choose the people that you want to interact with and just keep in touch with them.
0: That and I think that's what it comes down to is it's optimizing your use of social media right now mm-hmm. for both personal and professional because all of us fall into the trap of just getting lost, scrolling and clicking yeah. the thumbs up on every other thing just because or clicking the heart or whatever. And if you do it with a little bit of a purpose, the purpose isn't just growing your business. That's just a good byproduct of sticking to the relationships that matter to you and keeping on top of the non colleagues of yours I think that that's one of in real estate because like Katie said the number of people who are out there all the time in real estate I find that until I stopped really diving into everything that was online Mm -hmm. all I saw on my feed for like the first 50 posts was all realtors yeah and the more you interact with them, it's great. I'm not saying ignore realtors, but the more you stop and read and click like on everything and comment on everything, the less you're seeing the people who are going to matter to you in your personal life and ultimately as potential clients in future business deals for yourself. Yeah. So it's about optimizing your use, optimizing your time and recognizing that by doing that, it'll optimize what's shown to you and what's shown to other people as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's more the relationship of the people that you currently have, your sphere of influence. Now, if we can transition, unless you wanted to add anything else.
0: No, I'm good. I want to, I'm mellowing out though. You know what that means? I'm not going to hit the orange yet, <laughs> but I'm about to. I feel like the, the orange is the new drug. If you're joining <laughs> us way through this podcast, We've got an orange peel on the ironing board that we're using as a table, and it has become a source of energy and life force for this entire podcast. I can feel my voice just mellowing out, though.
1: Oh, dear. Okay. Anyway. Hit that orange. Okay, so the next thing or the second thing we want to talk about is just with not your warm leads, your cold leads, the people that you don't currently have relationships with. Um, A lot of people are using various services to get those people um, and leads and try to convert them into business.
0: Yeah, so endless companies out there. And I think we'll talk about some of the methods that are used, some of the things you can try to do yourself, leveraging some DIY type lead gen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really want to drill home again, what a lead really is when we talk about cold leads or warm leads or whatever, just because something's a cold lead doesn't mean it's garbage. It just Mm -hmm. means it's somebody you've yet to connect with who might be in your wheelhouse, right? And the way that you're able to leverage your tools to start to convert them gradually makes them warmer to hot to an actual client of yours. Um, But there are so many different ways that third parties are trying to advertise leads to our profession that I think it gets a little muddied about what the value of a lead is, or what a different type of lead might be worth to you. Yeah. Um, and one of the first telltale signs is if someone's, you know, selling you leads, quote unquote, like a thousand leads for a hundred dollars. It's a red flag. Not that there's not names that you're going to get, but you're not going to get any value to them beyond the fact that they're names and contact info. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. right? Um, Whereas what's worth more to you, a thousand of those or 10 qualified people in your target market who are looking actively for what it is you're trying to promote and you have their contact info and they're willing to have a conversation with you. Yeah. Right. You're trying to get the thousand to become those 10.
1: Right. And yeah, you've got to filter through that.
0: Right. So from a time and cost perspective, it's ultimately entirely your decision if you even go through the route of trying to pay somebody to help you get leads or whatever mechanism you use to get them, Mm -hmm. but just have an understanding of what it is you're going after and what it's going to look like. And how
1: you're going to manage it too. Yeah. Because there's, there's lots of companies out there that will send you tons of leads, but if you're not putting them into a CRM system or follow up you're going to lose them just as much as you're, you're going to get them. Right. So, um, number one, I think when you're looking at an option like this, just recognize that you're going to get a lot of random stuff coming your way. And if there's not a way to manage it in those times where you might not have a chance to follow up with them, like automated emails or automated texts or whatever it might be, or maybe there's somebody that actually does the calling for you, Mm -hmm. um, depending on how you want to do it. Um, That is is crucial in my mind to make sure that you have set up.
0: Yeah. At the base, I think before you start involving third parties, Mm -hmm. the most generic way of trying to get cold leads is just what we were talking about before, which is putting out a lot of content and being really consistent and starting to focus that content, maybe putting a bit of money into it yourself with advertising it, using the social media platforms yourself. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about and we've run a couple of webinars on how to use some of those systems. Um, That said, there is a reason for a lot of you why there are companies out there that specialize in this sort of thing. Yes. In optimizing 100%. where your spend goes, how it goes out there, what the message looks like, the call to action, the analytics, yada, yada, yada.
1: Yeah, because you can waste hours and days and months trying and to money. figure it out. And money, trying to figure it out on your own. And if you're the type of person that enjoys doing that, I, think, I don't think there's any problem with that. It's when you start spinning your wheels and things just aren't getting anywhere is where you have to really stop and recognize maybe if I put some more money to pay a professional to do it. Like, you know, we always say you should hire a professional realtor to help you with your, your right. real estate process. You should hire a professional social media person who knows what what they need to do. And like a couple of things that I recognize just going through the process ourselves um, recently is number one, buyer leads are far more uh they're
0: easier they're, to they're get. They're easier
1: to get. They're cheaper. They're not, um, yeah, they're just, you're going to get a lot more buyer leads than seller leads. So a lot of us do want more listings, which is great, but you're probably going to be putting a lot more money behind this, a seller lead campaign versus a buyer lead campaign. So understanding that was something that was very eye-opening to me because I didn't think there was a difference.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the mechanism of getting leads through both of them is you're trying to get somebody who doesn't know you to give up some degree of contact information to yeah, you. That's right. where the lead comes from. So whatever it is that's out there content-wise, in one way or another, requires people to actively stop and engage and want to know more mm-hmm. from you. Right. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that people go about doing that. Like Katie was saying, buyer leads generally are easier because buyers are out there Looking on the internet for yeah. homes.
1: And I think because they are lo- like looking on their own before they go and engage with a realtor mm-hmm. most often, mm-hmm. whereas when you're going to list your home, you typically have a couple of people in mind and you know, like from the get go that most people are going to want to start talking to somebody sooner rather than later.
0: Right. So when you think about ads that are out there that you might see that are geared towards buyers, mm-hmm. it's... Things that might just be advertising searches or or optimized get listings sent to your inbox, things like that. Um, And you can tell that that's going after people who are potentially looking to buy. Because yes. it's it's speaking directly to what they're doing right now.
1: But that was another thing is like the whole un- idea of being unbranded. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, your branding isn't on there. People don't care at that point if you've got like a fancy logo. They're more just wanting to get the information sent to them right away in a way that makes sense for them.
0: Not only do they not care, they're more likely to engage with something that isn't branded True. with your face. Yeah, Because it's way less intimidating if somebody just has a site called you know, move to Kleinberg versus Joe Smith, your Kleinberg realtor, which one would you rather do a buyer search on? It's a Mm -hmm. lot less intrusive. You might be behind both of them. However, this is not the part where your identity matters yet. The idea here is this is what qualifying is. Mm -hmm. This is getting people from cold to warm. It's people who have started searching. They've actively clicked on a listing. And now if they give up contact information to get either more information about the listing or to get put on some sort of a mailing list or whatever, you know that they're interested in at least learning more. Yes. Doesn't mean they're primed to buy.
1: Or they're they're going to be working with you. Like I think... I think a, a lot of time is wasted when people aren't qualifying the leads that they're getting right from the get go. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about like the correct information. I'm talking about are you working with a realtor? Right. Are you looking to actually buy? What is your budget? Because if their budget is they, okay, I wanna, I, I have like 500,000 to spend, but I need to buy in um, Toronto. It's like, okay, well, and I want to buy a detached home. Like if people's right. expectations aren't realistic, I mean, it's not to say don't try and educate them. And and but there's a lot of times where it's just you're going down a deep dark road. You need to know when <laughs> that to you've got to jump losses. off. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. you need to know
0: when to cut your losses. And yeah. like you said, also people working with other agents. Yes. Pe- Well, that's the
1: thing because people don't, a lot of times the buyer's agents don't say to their clients, if you find a property that's of interest or you want more information about this property, then tell me. A lot of times they go out on their own and try to find the information themselves and then they're reaching out to other realtors. And it's not to say like anybody's in the wrong, but if you as the person getting the lead isn't asking them if they're working with the realtor, like a lot of people are scared. They're like, well, I don't want to make them feel like... You know, well, who cares if they don't want to work with you, right. then move on. Get, a, get ahead
0: of it right get away. Out. You're you're wasting your time if you go down a rabbit hole. It's the same thing when people talk about taking people on showings without a representation agreement. Yeah, you go out three, four times and they never want to sign it. You're completely exposed as someone who's been working for free. Yeah. So and this is this is an even less or, or even more risky way to start going down a path with somebody when you yeah. don't know, even know who they are. For sure. Right? So ask the right questions. Do what you can in, in a way that's not right in their face, but that gets to the bottom of qualifying them. That's the whole point yeah. of making these leads matter mm-hmm. and count. If someone's not looking to buy right now, that doesn't make them a useless lead. Mm-hmm. It just means you're going to bucket them differently and make maybe your communication plan with them a little bit different a little less frequent yeah
1: yeah and you you just want to try to formalize the relationship as quickly as possible. And, you know, it, it takes it takes some like finessing and, try, and, and trying out different things based on what works for you. But I think the sooner you can get them onto some sort of like a Zoom buyer consult where you're talking with them one-on-one, you're understanding what they're looking for, you're getting to know them better, you're introducing them to the forms, specifically the buyer representation agreement, the smoother the whole process is gonna go from there. Because they recognize, that you're serious to work with them and hopefully they're willing to reciprocate.
0: Mm-hmm. There's, there's just so many different angles you can take to get them in and you need to be aware of what's been asked to get them in in the first place mm-hmm. and what you've required them to give you for what you're giving them. So for example, if you're, if you're working with someone who maybe says, uh, if you wanna see the rest of this listing, yeah, enter your email address and it'll unlock it. You have to think about the nuance of that versus a, we will send you a search or we'll send you listings to your email address if you enter your email address. It sounds very similar. The difference is if someone has to enter their email address to unlock a page that's there, they can put in a fake email address, Mm. right? If there's no validation, anything like that, they're just giving information to see what they want to see and there's no risk to them. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they require you to actually send them something and that's the value, all of a sudden you've pre-qualified them, at least contact information wise, to be able to communicate with them. Right. It's a very small difference, but things like that will save you some time. With what it is that they're giving, yeah, you.
1: and also some sanity. Like a lot of times, people get so frustrated. Like, why would they put the wrong email address or the wrong phone number? Yeah. Because they want the information and they don't want to be contacted by right. you. Same goes with <laughs> Plain phone numbers. And yeah. don't be. Don't take it personally. It happens to everybody, and you're gonna have leads like that, and that's fine. Move on. Find the ones that are actually interested in, in getting more information and, and working with you.
0: Yeah. So lots of ways to go after buyer leads, um, and before I get into seller leads with all approaches that you're taking, you need to have a strategy. Yeah. So you need to, or my, I shouldn't say you need to, but our advice and our experience says if you're casting a huge net and just hoping to get leads from wherever,
1: Mm.
0: the wider your net, the wider the likelihood that most of the leads are going to be garbage or they're not going to be what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. I think if you look at it in, in two ways, like if you want to have those leads that are from the relationships or your sphere of influence that currently exist, the downside is that it's going to take a heck of a lot longer. The upside is that you're going to probably work with people that connect better with you and you might just enjoy the process better because it's not a cold lead. The cold lead side of things is you might get more right away, but you're going to have to filter through the garbage and it might not be such a personalized experience. And a lot of people value that. Like I'm the type of person that does value more of a, a personal connection before starting to work with them. I just feel like there's just more there. But a lot of people are fine with just, you know, give me names and numbers and I'll call them and I'll see what works and what doesn't. So that's that's important to recognize. So focus on one strategy. I think don't go into online leads or whatever um, and then try also to really engage with your social sphere. Um, like if you really focus hundred percent of your attention on one of those, I guarantee you're going to get better results that way.
0: Yeah. Always focus, whether it's on a demographic, on a region, on a method of being out there, mm-hmm. all the above. Um, The more targeted you are, the less leads you're going to get, potentially the more costly they're going to be because you're Mm micro-focusing. But there's, like we said before, there's almost almost always a direct correlation between the quality of the lead and how much you're focusing and how much you might be spending to focus that way.
1: Right.
0: Um, So that's another thing to consider. Now with Seller leads similar approaches potentially, but the nature of these value adds you might put out there are different. The most common is something along the lines of free home evaluation how much is your home worth? Yeah. If somebody's going to fill something like that out and give you information, at a minimum, they want to know how much their home is worth. Might not mean that they're selling it, but it's definitely the closest you're going to get to somebody who's got an intention to monetize their property.
1: Right. Yeah, and we did an interesting survey a little while ago just in our own, with the people in our own community, just understanding who would they choose to work with as a realtor. And there were two main responses, which might not be surprising, but number one is if they know a realtor, they'd just list with them. If they don't know a realtor, they'd likely list with somebody that they see very active in the neighborhood. The for sale signs are up. Maybe they're getting like a postcard weekly for it from them. Um, those are the people that they'll likely start looking at uh, before anything else. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really interesting thing to recognize is that if you want to have more of a presence in a certain community, you have to be out there and you have to be like visible and showing people the value well before they're ready to sell their home.
0: Right. And in the social media world... Mm -hmm. That doesn't just mean rent an ice cream truck and drive around the neighborhood. It means literally be out there and document it in your content and Mm -hmm. show people that you physically are out there and that you understand the neighborhood and that you're giving them information about their own backyard that helps them but reinforces your knowledge. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to be selling their home... They want somebody who is able to know all the little nuances about the neighborhood and all the cool little quips that can add to the value of their place.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So I I think, you know, there's so many ways you can do that online through social media, like targeted geographic campaigns. As long as it's not a specific housing ad, you can very easily target some sort of a branding ad towards a a set area. And I think that that's a really valuable way to get your name out there to a lot of people.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a bit before we wrap, because these are Tidbit, taste test type podcasts, mm-hmm. but about some of the different mechanisms people can use to generate leads and, and the way that you're able to do these sorts of ads, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or otherwise. So mm-hmm. um, the probably most blatant one is Facebook actually has one of their ad types. There's, I mm-hmm. think, what is it? Lead gen. 10, or, 10 or 12 different types oh, that yeah. you choose from. Yeah, so yeah. one of them is called lead gen, or lead generation is the type of ad. And it's designed to be uh, a form, basically, that people can fill out straight from the ad, giving you their contact information. Mm -hmm. Um, And that contact information accumulates as leads within Facebook, which you can download and use, or you can retarget them, and you can use those in other campaigns as people who you've retained as a list of leads. Right. Um, This is the most direct no other steps required way of generating leads. Uh, It might be you've got, let's say, a home buyer's guide. Mm -hmm. Hey, click here to download our home buyer's guide. They click and a form comes up that they ask for whatever the information is you want. Let's say name, email at a minimum, whatever else, maybe a question or two. Um, And then you send it to them. Uh, it could be download our, whatever, our winter checklist, lots of stuff that we've talked about, some sort of a value ad. It might be something there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it's meant to be something that's prompting people for contact information right out of the ad.
1: So it's like a lead magnet is what it's yeah.
0: Facebook's lead magnet. Facebook's lead yeah. magnet.
1: Yeah. And that's probably the easiest, most simplest way you can go about it. If you're on Facebook and if you're doing it yourself. Out. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, there's the whole talk about boosting versus um the ad center which we won't get into but um there's a lot there and i just think it's important to just do your own research and understanding um the other like there's other facebook uh not campaigns objectives as well that you can take a look at
0: and when you do the ads it's meant to achieve different things that's what they are like sometimes it's hitting the most people possible if you're focused on leads like The lead gen is one way to do it, but the outside of Facebook way to do it is getting people to click on a link that might lead them to an outside landing page, Mm -hmm. for example, where... You will have to have something external, whether it's your own website, whether it's a third party that you're engaging, where there's a place where they'll enter their contact info somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Think about a new development, a new condo development or something. That's usually what they use is like a static yeah. landing page. Landing pages are meant not to have a lot of information just so that it doesn't distract the person that goes there. It's just basically put in your info and we'll send you more information later on. So that's obviously very effective as well. Mm-hmm. um your website can be a powerful lead gen tool whether you're promoting a blog post or um i'm trying to think of like a video that you've done that you've uploaded to their searches that kind of stuff
0: which uh, another angle that just building off that and we're, there's so many rabbit holes we can go down but yeah the types of content that you produce and provide people with can take them on a journey as well through your brand and getting to know you more and more before mm-hmm. you hit them with the hard sell so right. like you said whether it's a podcast episode or a video or a blog, or just content you want them to consume that's not asking them for anything, Mm -hmm. that's a powerful first step that if you're using Facebook or Instagram, you can still retain the people who click on a certain thing by using other types of tech. A pixel is what it's called, where you can basically track the people who go and then hit them with more targeted ads farther down the road. So if they've consumed your podcast, they might start seeing more ads about whatever, the neighborhood from you, Mm -hmm. or they'll start getting ads about what you do for a living or whatever. And because you've warmed them up by giving them something without asking for anything the first time, you can still hit them up a little bit later with a little bit of a more directed ad that seems considerably less in their face and sleazy. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, A couple other ideas that come to mind is like, especially with Instagram, a lot of people go on Instagram live on a weekly basis. So it's a consistent thing. They might not get a lot of viewers, especially at the beginning, but over time, like when people know that every Wednesday night... Daniel Steinfeld is going live talking about Vaughn real estate.
0: I'm not, by the way, but I can if you want to see it.
1: <laughs> um, you know, it, it's very likely that people will start catching on and tuning in and engaging a little bit more. So like creating more of that consistent, similar uh, content where you're available to answer questions every week is helpful. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Facebook groups or and or Nextdoor, which is another... App that is a community focused app. If you live in a certain neighborhood, you get to join that neighborhood. And if you're focused on your farming area in that neighborhood, it's a perfect way to start engaging with people that live there. So we won't get too much into that. I feel like we can make a whole uh, podcast episode on Nextdoor. We could
0: change the whole podcast into social <laughs> media strategies.
1: But... No, but uh, but Facebook groups are also really yeah. powerful. And it's very similar to Nextdoor in a way because you're engaging with a community and you're providing um, really good content on there that is valuable to them.
0: Yeah, and we haven't touched all the other social media platforms that are gaining traction and depending on who you are, what you're yeah. comfortable with, Who your target market is, where your sphere 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 of of influence is, yeah, give me a second. (laughs) Um, You might be more comfortable and effective interacting through TikTok or through YouTube or through LinkedIn LinkedIn or, dare I say, Twitter. Probably not, but maybe. But maybe Um, there's just so many different mechanisms to reach people, and you need to find your niche. The way that you're comfortable communicating and where you can add the most value, uh, because that's what's going to get people coming to you and Mm -hmm. being comfortable with you too. So, like you said, in a lot of cases, you need to be prepared for this to be a long haul, both in the cultivation of leads and in your consistency in putting the campaign out there over a longer period. You know
1: what? Okay. You know what? I just recognized that, okay. Cole leads are quicker to get, but a longer haul after you make that initial contact, like in terms of establishing the relationship and beginning to work with them till like closing. Whereas like your repeat and referral business and people that you have existing relationships with, they take longer to get as clients, but once you get them, they're committed and they're likely going to buy or sell with you in a very short period of time. Correct. So what do you prefer? What do you prefer?
0: Oh, I want it all <laughs> or nothing at all. But yeah, but think about where they are in their in their process. Cold leads are looking right now. Yeah. So you're going to get their interest right away, but they don't know what they're doing because they haven't had anybody to help them through it. Right. Warm leads, you're working your relationship forever because they're not really looking right now. But when the time comes, boom. Yeah. Boom. Exactly. One more time. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> There it is. Um, it's funny. I'm talking about spheres. I don't even want to go into that, but I keep thinking about that thing in, uh, in Charlotte's kindergarten virtual class where the teacher was asking what shape an egg is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but
1: they were talking about 3D shapes. They
0: were talking about 3D shapes because I'm sitting there going, it's an oval. Right. It's an oval. And all the other kids are are saying like one of them said is it a sphere and I'm like okay that's a fair guess because I don't know what an oval 3d shape is it's an egg like that's what the shape is and it's killing me this is a senior kindergarten class and the teacher's like no no what shape is an egg what shape is an egg and no one knew and she never actually gave us the answer so maybe it was just her way okay good because I really oval three it's an oval shape what is an oval 3d shape name an ovoid. ovoid. That sounds like a. Okay,
1: that's not what they were looking for. An ovoid. The she wasn't asking five version year olds. Of an oval is called an ovoid. Now you know.
0: An ovoid? That really sounds like a part of like the reproductive system.
1: <laughs> Might be.
0: Well, with that, that's something to think about. We should have well, left that as is. a takeaway like, for the people. Eggs.
1: <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Oh, that's
0: true, actually. <laughs> the egg ovoids. is. Is that why? Uh, yeah, but are, are ovaries oval?
1: Ovaries aren't, but it, the egg, The egg is. That comes out. But
0: like, so then, ov- I mean, it was, it's like the casing. <laughs> Man. Ovoid. I gotta go back to school. I don't know which school, though. It's not like I was I've ever in school. i never that before. An ovoid. I, I thought mean, I was good at math.
1: I feel, well, I feel like you'd never need to know that. But anyway, now you know.
0: Now I do. You know what? I'm gonna go into that virtual classroom tomorrow, and I'm just gonna drop some ovoid. ovoid.
1: No, you have to tell Charlotte, and then oh, she's gonna yeah. drop it. Good idea. Because you're gonna repeat that conversation i'm sure
0: that's fair that's good to know it is i the teacher didn't know that no she she was just trying to kill time she didn't want anybody to be talking anymore and she wanted the class to end (laughs) so she gave a a stumper to a bunch of five-year-olds and their
1: parents (laughs) anyway all right well that is it for this week thanks for listening everyone
0: You really shut her down. Well, I'm just like, like, I feel
1: like I know, I know you and I feel like you're going to go off on a different tangent. No, no, that was the tangent. I'm done. (laughs) I got to end with a
0: new deep thought and that was it.
1: That was it. So So if you liked this episode, please feel free to share it on social media. Give us some love and hopefully this will uh, get some other people interested in learning more about social media for lead generation and more
0: and all the other stuff we talk about cuz <laughs> so the next episode more. will not be about social media It won't be. this is just one stop on the highway of real estate
1: <laughs> all right until next week bye bye
0: later Level